she was this gun-toting, whiskey-drinking broad. The super epic fucking broad. She was a pioneer in the industry. She's also so famous and so controversial. So controversial. So she's kind of a big fucking deal. Her story is so incredible. She belongs on this podcast because she's a broad you should know. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I'm your host, Sarah Gorski, and I'm here with two of, uh, let's just call them podcast favorites, our, some of our favorite guests. We've got Chloe. I'm here. And Zach Livingston. Hi. You guys remember Zach, uh, listeners, was here for that great episode on Hatshepsut. Yes. That was a fantastic episode. One of the three female pharaohs that we know of. My favorite Egyptian pharaoh. Zach's favorite Egyptian pharaoh. But we're here today because I thought it was highly necessary to do a Barbie roundtable. <laughs> it does feel important. Okay, this is one of the best movies of the year, certainly one of the best feminist movies of the year, and one of the, the most strongly stated feminist movies, I dare say, like in film history, maybe? Certainly up there. Yeah. Like, in, in the sense that it, it like, isn't pretending it's like not trying to hide the in in like undertones of feminism it's like hey these are feminist principles and this is what we you know this is what feminism this is, is. What feminism is yes know? it's right there for anybody who wants to interact with it it's yeah. right there but it's also it's brilliantly constructed in that if you want to just sit there and watch it as a movie without feeling that deeply about it can. It's just really funny. But you're going to get more out of it, I think, yeah. if you engage with, if you really just think. Engage is such a scary word, I think, for like regular people. For like, Ken's? Engage. What the hell is that? Uh, Ken's don't like to engage. Yeah, I don't want to scare okay, all the, the other Ken's away by using words like engage. Just watch the movie, guys. It's before funny. before we dig too much into it, let's, let me start with asking, like, before you guys saw it, like, did you... Like, what did you know about it going into it? Like, did you know anything? Had you watched the trailer? Or, like, what was your mindset when you were going to the theater? Barbies are for girls. <laughs> that was my inner monologue. Just on repeat, just again and again and again. Just loop. No, I don't know. It, the trailer doesn't tell you much. Right. Which I think is great, because one of the problems we have with modern-day movie trailers is that they are basically just a condensed version of the movie, which is not what trailers used to be. Right. Trailers used to be something to kind of like uh, offer some mystery and whet your appetite and just kind of give you an idea of the overall themes and what the characters were like and maybe some story beats and now it's like there's there's a little mini tiny trailer that's two seconds long and that fulfills the function of the old trailer which is to just give you a little flavor the trailer before the trailer the trailer the pre-trailer yes the trailer before the trailer yeah and that and now we have the regular trailer which is just a miniature version of the movie and then we have the movie itself uh so this trailer is more of an old school trailer I thought, yeah and did a, a much better job of just being like hey look at all this fun stuff like look at check like, it out look at these people these actors we know and love already who are playing barbies and this like very well designed barbie world we've created and i feel like that's all the trailer gave us and I also, yeah. even the, the teaser trailer from, like, a few months before the regular trailer came out was just that, like, 2001 opening sequence. Yeah, that was like, really weird. They just played that. And everyone I had was like, no idea what to expect from that. Every, I was a little worried yeah. when I saw that. I was like, all right, I don't know, Margo's 25 feet tall. 
They're you thought it was going to be like a Godzilla Barbie mashup? I like, just thought it was going to be way <laughs> I just remember all the comments being like, there's no way this is in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it but seemed, it is in the movie. It seemed almost like a stunt because you're like, well, if this is what the movie is like, it's not going to make any sense to anybody who isn't like a film nerd. <laughs> exactly. Like, if you don't understand that reference, I don't know. I mean, I guess it still plays. It plays perfectly in the movie. Well, yeah. it's not as... So I saw the movie with my friend Amy, who I don't think is a, as much of a film nerd as the three of us are. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that she had... I don't I don't know if... She's probably seen it, but maybe not like as many times as I have. 2001 A Space Odyssey. And like the opening sequence of the film, which is basically like... Uh, a version of the beginning of that movie, a very condensed, very fast version of that. Um, I, she, I was like cackling so loud, and she was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something for everybody. I mean, that's like a recurring theme, I feel like, with this movie, is there's so many layers to the onion. Yeah, but it sets the stage really well. Like, it, uh, you know, the, the whole, you know, it sets you up for like what dolls were before oh, this moment, yeah. the entrance mm. of Barbie. Right. And then, and then here, you know, here we are. It felt like I, I liked. It felt like that scene at the beginning of what was that movie? Um, uh, I can't remember. It was one of those like rom coms with a million people in it. But it was at the beginning. There was a moment where they talk about how little girls are taught that if a boy is mean to you, that's how you know he likes you. Ugh. And it's like that's either the from way. Love Actually or something very like Love Actually. Yeah, it's something very <laughs> like Love Actually that came out shortly after Love Actually. Blanking on the name of Cashing it. Cashing in on some of that Love Actually money. Yeah, but it was, but it just, you know, it's one of those things, and like this movie, it's like, you know, little girls up until Barbie were only able to pretend to be mothers. Because yeah. all of their dolls were baby dolls. And this is an actual fact. Like, this isn't just, like, lore that the movie, like, cooked right. up. And, right. And, um... I wondered about that, because that was new information for me. Yeah. I mean, I understood the, you know... So, I've done the deep... So, uh... I next, didn't know that. Next week, I'm going to do a bit, uh, deep dive on Ruth Handler, the inventor of Barbie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Barbie. So look forward to that. Um, but in the research I've done, um... That is the fact. Like, the girls only had baby dolls, and then they had, like, paper dolls. They had, like, um... Right. Like paper fashion dolls, right. and basically, like the condensed version of the story is that her and her husband had already started Mattel, and they were doing other toys. And then she saw her daughter Barbara playing with these paper dolls, and she really thought that like what girls really wanted to play with, like and she thought she thought it was pretty much criminal that women were being basically groomed to only be mothers. Like when you only give girls baby dolls. Then you're just teaching them to be mothers instead right. of teaching them, you know, all the rest of it. And in this time period, this was in this was the end. Uh, this was '59, I think, um, when actual Barbie was invented. But like in the '50s, Ruth was like really progressive in in the sense that she was like a working mom and she liked to work and she was really good at the work she was doing. But only like 30 percent of women were in the workforce at this time in in the U.S. at least. So. Wow. People were being groomed to be mothers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was, you know, when Barbie came along, that is what she right. did. Anyway, I don't want to go. That, that's yeah. next week's episode. I don't want to like go off on. <laughs> yeah, it spoilers right now. for the next week. The nucleus of the American family is under attack by dolls. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I knew, I knew a bit more about the movie going into it. I mean, I didn't know much beyond what the trailer was, but also, like, I had followed the sort of development of the movie from when it was originally supposed to be 
a Rebel Wilson movie where oh. Rebel Wilson was going to be Barbie and like everyone else in Barbie Land was perfect and she was like rejected because she was the imperfect Barbie. It was Barbie. still a Greta Gerwig project? No. Okay. No, no, no. Because then after Rebel Wilson left the project because she was like, it doesn't feel feminist enough. Like it feels like a bunch of men oh. are getting in here and ruining it. So she stepped away and then they approached Margot Robbie and she was like, I'll only do it if you hire Greta Gerwig to make it. And they went to Greta Gerwig and Greta Gerwig was like, I don't know how to make this movie. And so she like waffled on it for two years and just yeah. kept like tossing ideas around. Were they still uh, bandying about that original script at that stage? They Did had, they go to Greta with that script that Rebel walked away with? I'm sure she saw it. But yeah. I, I know that Margot Robbie didn't like that script and didn't want to have anything to do with that script. So maybe yeah. maybe not. Because maybe Margo's it was one big, of those. So because Margot's like one of the big producers on this, like yes. she, and not just a producer like in name. It seems like yeah, she. Yeah, yeah. No, her... she she spearheads almost every movie she she takes a role in. And I feel like I read something that she actually did the final pitch to Mattel. Like, that like right. part part of this, like what the final script ended up being, like she was the one of the people who went to Mattel and was like, "Listen, this movie's gonna make a billion dollars, mm -hmm. and you'd be foolish not to do it." But I feel like she was like at that meeting, which, like you know, audience, I don't know if you know this, but like usually, I feel like actors aren't like actors will be listed as a producer because they'll be taking like a cut of what comes in or something right. like in as the movie makes money, but they're not usually involved like in development. Or because they have unless like, you're like Tom Cruise, right? Or, or just because they have a big say over like how they're going to be represented yeah, in the yeah, film. Yeah. Like The Rock has his like I can't yeah. lose a fight contract or whatever. <laughs> I can't you know? lose a fight? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. This is the first I've heard of this. Yeah, The Rock and Vin Diesel oh, that's so both fragile. have things in I know. They both have things in the I mean, contract today. Like, can't on, lose a fight on what? film. Well, why do you think they couldn't get along in the Fast and Furious? Anyway, we're not so here to talk about Fast and Furious. guy who will lose a fight on camera. I will get the <laughs> shit kicked out of me by anybody for any amount of money that meets the new SAG contract minimums. Just so we're clear. <laughs> Once production once, Once production game, resumes, TV, I am available to be your on-camera punching Their heads out of their asses. Anyway, back yeah. to Barbie, though. <laughs> yeah. So we have Greta Gerwig, who's this fucking genius, yeah. and she wrote it with her partner, right? Noah Baumbach? Yes, yep, yeah. They worked on it together. Uh, I know she said that one of the first things that sort of helped her, like, crack the take was when she realized that Ken was created after the fact as an accessory to Barbie. And was just like realized like oh this is just patriarchy backwards like this is just the exact thing in reverse so like what if Barbie Land was just a patriarchy but with women instead of men in charge and that sort of like <laughs> helped crack the initial idea and then like two years of development later she's going through all the archives and finds all the like all the weird like canceled Barbies and like What's the one Sugar Daddy Ken or whatever? Yeah, Sugar Daddy Ken yeah. and earring, Magic Earring Ken. Yeah. Or Ken's best friend. Uh, Alan. Alan. <laughs> yeah. All these like weird parts of Barbie lore. Ken. Yeah. All these like, th she's like, well, we have to put all these things in. And Mattel was like, please don't. Like, we're embarrassed. And by Midge. These they didn't want Midge, right? Midge as well. Yeah. Because yeah. it's weird to have a pregnant doll. Yeah. Um, but they were all Mattel really... didn't want that. And in fact, by the way, I should say, like, all of the Barbies we see in the movie are versions of Barbies that existed at yeah. some point. Like, like all of them were Barbies that at one point were in the line, which is so like So there's amazing. no Barbie in the movie that's out of whole cloth, like an I, invention I, of Greta Gerwig. I don't think so. Like even like the Barbie when they pull her hand and her boobs grow, that was a real yeah. Barbie. 
I mean, I don't know if they do have like an entire Supreme Court line. Oh no! I mean, like, they didn't like the the, the extremists. <laughs> That'd be great, but, but like, I, don't, main, I don't know that that exists. A Supreme Court's worth of Barbies. But the yeah. main Barbies that we like see and meet are like actual Barbies that were in the line, and like all the costumes. You know, when they start throwing the costumes off the edge, like these are like real yeah. costumes. Yeah. Because like Mattel had like people design. You know, they designed the clothes, maybe even more than they design the. They're not even more than they designed the Barbie, but like they they have. Like whole fashion designers just for Barbie's clothes and mm-hmm. Ken's clothes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all the Barbies are like actual ex- like Barbies that that happened. It, it's like oh man, that, that part about Mitch just like crack me up that she lives like next door to Barbie, but then they keep panning away from her the whole movie. Like they're like oh she was just continued. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> we don't talk about Mitch. Uh, so what's our stance on like spoilers? Because Oh, we're going to talk about spoilers. So we're going to talk about everything, yeah. everything's on the table. Yeah, listeners, if you don't don't want to know, I mean, I don't feel Put like... Put this part at the top. If you haven't seen Barbie, turn this off. Yeah, go see Barbie if you haven't seen Barbie. <laughs> I also, though, also don't feel like anything we'll say will ruin your experience at Barbie. Also true. Because it's not the kind of movie where there's, like, a huge shocker, at, like, that, that, like, change... It's not like, um, what do you call it, like... At the end, when Godzilla shows Willis up movie. and it's a giant tie-in with the whole Godzilla franchise, I mean, that's pretty shocking. <laughs> yeah, when King Kong and Godzilla fight in the yeah. background. Wait, what's the Bruce Willis thing? movie? I see dead people. That Sixth one. Sense? It's not like Sixth Sense. <laughs> no. It's Although, not like we can ruin the whole experience for you. That's true. Although like, I am very glad that I didn't know most of the plot machinations before I saw the movie. Yeah. Because they were very pleasant surprises. Because again, if you yeah, see the trailer, like it really only gives you the first act. Like it gives you yeah. like it gives you Barbie, Barbie land, land and then she has to leave Barbie Land. Yeah. And like in the movie while I was in the theater when she leaves Barbie Land, I was like what happens I don't now? know if I can sustain an hour and twenty more minutes of her just like wandering around Los Angeles. And then the movie very quickly like does everything they can in the real world and they go back to Barbie Land. And I was like, Okay, actually all right, thank you. I'm glad Because I don't think there is... was any real world in the trailer. That was not in the, I don't feel like, was it? Maybe like a glimpse of it. Maybe like her walking down the street or her in the bus. Or I think or so. They're, them in Venice Beach them, with their yeah, rollerblades, yeah, for I sure. Think that, I think, well, there's a shot of um, Will Ferrell as the Mattel CEO. Yes, that is awesome. We're not worried about Ken ever. <laughs> I remember that very specifically because I was like, Will Ferrell's here, let's go. That's like obvious. Well, I don't know if it's obvious, but I think it's, there's definitely things in there where it's like, hey, boys. You can watch this movie, too. Come on in. Come on. Will Ferrell's yeah. here. You guys like Will Ferrell, don't you? Why don't you come around? You come sit down and watch Barbie. There's also his line where he says, this could be the biggest catastrophe in the history of anything. <laughs> Whatever it is that he says. That yeah, one's also in the trailer. Very, uh, uh, what's, his, <laughs> what's his character in Zoolander? Mugatu. Mugatu. That's kidding. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what, what if Mugatu was less weird but still weird? Yeah, but also kind of like a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting like... With his pink drumsticks that he carries at all times. I was getting like bumbling 80s dad vibes from him a little bit. Very much. There was a kind of like... uh, He's the CEO of Mattel. I don't know if we said that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we have... Wait, hold on. I feel like we skip ahead a little too far. So like before we like get to the real world... I would want to talk about Will Ferrell. (laughs) No, we're going to talk about Will Ferrell. We're going to talk about the all-male CEOs of... Yeah. But like, in, so what about Barbie World itself, though? Like, per, the perfect Barbie World, mm. the songs, and then like the the breakdown and the flat feet and the weird Barbie, and like, Love weird and Barbie. the cellulite the appearance of 
cellulite and like the terror of cellulite. Um, I can't, I can't even, part of me was just completely blown away by the world that Greta built for yeah, Marvel Land. Yeah. Like, I think I was, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, but I was completely, it was like, the whole world is basically Barbie's dream house, and all of those characters, and Barbie's, like, dream car, and yeah. all of the things she drove, and they're, yeah. like, here in life, on front of you, on the big screen, and being sung to you. It's like, what if you took... Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings level world building and craftsperson uh, organizing, and applied it to Barbie's dream house. Yes, it's like that level of of forethought, and you kind of just like marvel at it. It is a, it's something your eyeballs really haven't seen before. No, and you think like, yeah, right, Barbie, pink dream house, got it. Don't need to see the movie. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. They have some really specific world. Uh, I was watching a, a interview with one of the production people and um, they had some really specific rules of the world Yeah. that there could be nothing from the real world in Barbie mm -hmm. Land. Mm -hmm. The water isn't real. There right. Isn't, <laughs> the ocean, <laughs> the waves. Yeah, the weather doesn't change. Right. Like you, And there's not, there's not a scrap of actual... There's no liquid in the glasses. Yeah. There's no, like, they, they, like, don't actually eat. Yeah. And all of the sets are made to be, like, some percentage smaller than they would be if it was an actual set so that all the people look bigger like they look like they're in dollhouses ah. like ah. like Margot Robbie's bed that she gets out of in the morning is like too small for a person to lay in right and, and they Checks do that out. to all of the props and all of the sets and everything I can't remember the percentage the car the car, car yeah. she's driving yeah. is like I mean her her head sticks out like a full foot above the top of the windshield of her little <laughs> convertible. Yep. It's just the dearest And there's thing. also just like, besides the set itself, there's just like such an utter earnest commitment by the by Greta, like storytelling, and also by the actors, where like, yeah. they just are the people, and they are just existing, and this is their life, it's, it's and a, they love their life, yeah. and everything, like there's something about it. It's awareness without irony. Like they're not making fun of it. Yeah, it's it's not sarcastic. It's not even really sending it up. It's just like no, what, this is it. This is what we're doing. Yeah. This is, this the is only how thing these I can liken are. it to is like is like kind of like Toy Story. It's like the earnestness of like these are toys with real feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And in a that's real a good world. Yeah. Like that. You know, obviously they're very different, like tonally. Because it also happens to be a perfect mirror of like nineteen fifties. Americana suburb, like idealized, like the yeah. thing everyone's like, we should go back to what things were like back except then. Except that they're not all white. Ex right. Except that they're not all white, other than that. The, yeah. But like the fact that it's entirely women in charge and the men simply exist to as accessories. Yeah. I should say, like, obviously when they first created Barbie, they just created one Barbie and she was white. Stereotypical, um, but but Mattel d does have a, a very expanded line. At first, it was Barbie's friends, um, and she had she did have friends that were not white, and then they also eventually did make non-white Barbies themselves. So so non-white Barbies. Do you have the year movie. on that? Mm, I don't have the exact year in the top of my brain, but uh, yeah, I mean the her friends of color came pretty quickly. It took a lot longer for them to do the actual Barbies of color. But that is to say, like, the Barbie world, like, they're not, you know, the Barbies we see aren't, like, made up for the sake of wokeness or something like that. Like, they did exist. Right. And, like, they were there. Too late, obviously. No, not like, wokeness. They, anything <laughs> but that. <laughs> obviously, we wish it was much sooner than it was. But, 
but they did exist. Um, but I just love the world yeah. they created. And like the dip girls, every night is girls' night. And that sequence when Ken is like, I'd like to stay, I, how about I stay over? And she's why? Like, why? And he goes, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> A nod to the sort of like sexless nature of, of Barbie and Ken. And there's a few other references to that um, throughout the movie that I won't spoil for listeners because they're uh, <laughs> integral parts of the comedy of the movie, but. They are very funny. But there's like a gen general, you know, the, the whole shtick, the whole movie from the from the like first scene is that, that Ken only lives to be looked at by Barbie and to be like appreciated by Barbie. So Gosling's character, Gosling's Ken, because they're all named Ken, all the Kens are named Ken and all the Barbies are named Barbie except for like Midge. Right. <laughs> or Alan. <laughs> or Alan. And yeah. weird Barbie, we, yeah. you know, but, uh, and Alan, poor Alan. <laughs> we have to talk about Alan more. But, you know, that that is kind of like the, the, the framework they give you for, for Ken and like the reason that Ken exists. And it's true, like in the Barbie yeah. line, that it was Barbie and Ken. Right. So, um, right. They really set that up really nicely. Like, and that, his that job really is beach. That really a lot of people off. It oh, really it sure did. A lot of fragile men. Just for, yeah, just for her um, edification. And Gosling plays that perfectly in the movie, where his entire existence revolves around... Uh, whether Barbie's paying attention yeah, to him. Yeah, whether Barbie's paying attention to him. It's like he doesn't even exist otherwise. And there was obviously a really visceral reaction amongst a lot of men to that. And it's like... Obviously, it's like, oh, okay, you don't like it when the tables are turned. Right, yeah. You don't like it the when The point is, this isn't okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and they I, make that point at the end as well. Like. Yeah, I think that part of the point definitely sailed over whoosh, some heads. But it's also, it's the kind of, well, I don't know the if people this who want to be ahead, head. but... Well, yeah, what's this, up? We can, we can skip ahead. What, this, what? <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of movie that's always going to be a political football for mm. certain people, uh, the Ben Shapiro's of the world, and so on oh and so my forth. God. <laughs> I mean, people who I think of as the grifter class, like these are professional outrage um, stokers, you know? That's what Ben Shapiro does. That's what Matt Walsh does, you know? that they, they figure out things that are likely to make conservative men mad, and then they go, Shouldn't you be as angry as possible about this? <laughs> it sure would generate more uh, website clicks for me and impressions and views and cash and uh, clout and, and other things uh, for me, so. Did you see Mark Maron's uh, review of it? Yes, and he's 100% right. It, I mean, I was thinking that the very first time somebody told me that, um, it was you told me that uh, Ben Shapiro did uh, like three 45 minute episodes on like, how much Barbie is going to shred the fabric of the American existence or yeah. whatever Guess the hell. Guess what? It doesn't. It shreds the yeah. fabric of patriarchy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just really she interesting. She is currently benefiting from. Right. Which yeah. was why he doesn't want it to go away. Of course. Yeah, no. Because what skill does that man? Anyway. No, no, no. Truly. Like, what does he have to offer? I feel like I... Can I play the Mark Maron clip? Because yeah. I feel like he Mark articulates it so well. Yeah. Like, yes. all of my feelings about it. Yeah. Um, I saw Barbie, and I thought it was a fucking masterpiece. And, like, I don't throw that word around lightly, but Jesus Christ. Right? From, I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't even that excited about going. It's like, it does a fairly amazing thing to create a sort of broad-based 
entertainment product that applies to the entire spectrum, I think primarily of women, and then just seep it in progressive politics and basic feminism in a way that's funny, informative, and well-executed in a context that is completely engaging is fucking monumental. It shouldn't be, but it is pretty radical. And it's you know intentionally, thoroughly explaining feminist ideas in a way that's funny. I've just never seen anything like it. And I guess that's, you know, the world is having the same experience on all different levels. And the comedy about men is inspired. <laughs> and the fact that certain men took offense to the point where they, you know, tried to build a grift around it in terms of their narrative as right-wing is so embarrassing for them. I mean, so embarrassing for them. Any dude that can't take those hits in that movie they've really got to look in their pants and decide what they're made of. I mean, Jesus Christ, what a bunch of fucking insecure babies. The performances are all great, but it's really that script, man. And, and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically it. If you're the kind Inarguable. of, if you're the kind of man for which the Barbie movie represents an existential threat to your existence as a man, then you're not doing man right. You need to really think about what it means to, to be a man. Go back to the drawing board, maybe... Uh, yeah, what are you hanging your identity on? Ingest some different media, check your sources on that. Do you think it's... Is it the part... Is it... So is it the, is the part that people are so mad about from... You know, maybe, Zach, I'm going to lean on you since you are the man in the room. Uh -huh. The Ken in the room, <laughs> as they say. Yes. Uh, like, <laughs> it's, it's the part when they're fighting back, right, to get Barbie Land back, and, yeah. like, and they're going through these, like, here's how we get him ask him to explain the godfather to you and like and and, and then he's gonna and then he's gonna play guitar at you that like shit all was of these, so funny is that what people are mad about is that it it's I, like that section well, where it's like all of these all of stuff. these toolbox things the guys use to dominate women are being like called out yeah well the, like, specifically the one where he's like walking down the street and he's like you know the history of the porsche 356 and i just died i just died <laughs> that I was, was like, you oh, oh it's me oh no <laughs> Oh, they got me! I mean, I'm just... I mean, that's my boyfriend, too. Let's just be serious. Yes. Like, y'all love cars, and that's we, fine. We'll gamble you know? about all... Uh, and we love men who love cars, too. Like, it's not even... I think it's... You, you know? just... You have to have a sense of humor about yourself. I mean, it's, I just think that if you... If you can't look at yourself on screen in a portrayal like that and accept the lightest, most gentlest ribbing... You know, it's like... They're like, oh, this movie hates men. I was like, this movie loves men. This movie is like, you guys, you poor sweet guys, you're doing your best, and you, a bunch of you are infected by this toxic ideology called patriarchy, and you don't even know it. And, and you don't it, even know that it hurts you, even you though you think no it benefits idea. you. Yeah, the lack of self-awareness is just like stunning, because of course that's, patriarchy requires a lack of self-awareness on the part of, of millions of men, otherwise we go, ugh, this is gross, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to have that, that ability to just laugh at yourself a little bit, and I'm just like... What is your life like if you can't laugh at yourself to the degree where you can enjoy a lighthearted little roast like that? When you live in a culture that's completely uh, tilted towards your own dominance and your own power, exactly. for one little movie to just do one light little poke at you and you go, no! It's like, man, your life must be really hard. How difficult is everyday life for you? What happens if somebody makes fun of you and they're a little bit mean about it? 
do you just like crumble? You just completely fall apart? I mean, we see, I feel like we see echoes of this in, in other, like with other movies that come out, like, you know how like we always have these, you know, we always have people that get upset, like when a Marvel movie isn't, you know, quote, as good as Captain America or whatever. Mm. And it like, I've always just said like my whole concept or my whole like policy on it is like, you know what? It's okay, like maybe this movie wasn't made for me and that's okay. Yeah. And I don't have to hate it. Right. So, so maybe like Barbie isn't like targeted necessarily for Ben Shapiro, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, can you just watch it and laugh because it's hilarious? Yeah. And also just like not like you don't need to take it personally, but also yeah. maybe it'll shed a little light on the way that you go through the world and interact with women in a way that you maybe never understood before, and you yeah. know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, but his complaints actually boiled down to a bunch of nonsense that had nothing to do with I didn't even with read this. I'm not going to listen to Ben Shapiro. Like, I'm right. not going to give him any Please, sort of tell time. tell me about his complaints. So he I was, can't listen to it. He was mad that there, were, uh, there was an all-woman Supreme Court. <laughs> that was his complaint? That was one of them. He Why? Was, I mean, he had 49 minutes of complaints, but that was one of them. He was, was he also mad at the end when they were like, can you please give the Kens just one seat? And the president was like, no, I can't do I that, mean, but probably. we can give you some lower court justice positions. <laughs> <laughs> he was mad that there was a, a black female president, because in the real world, a black woman has only ever made it to vice president. He was mad that a trans woman played... In the real played, world. Yeah. He was mad that a trans woman played a Barbie... He was mad that there were... And she was beautiful! She sure was. <laughs> he was mad that there were gay actors playing Kens. He argued that... Ken is three, totally straight. Yeah, totally. He <laughs> also... Gay Ken. Wait, Alan is super... Is not, Alan is not straight. Why right? does it matter if Ken is gay or straight when he doesn't even have a dick? Like, what the fuck? He has a bulge. I mean... He has a bulge. They hey, say. Ben, he's not doing it either way, bro. <laughs> and they say that in the real world. They're like, we don't have genitals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the construction workers are like... Okay, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> he said that it was it was a, that the movie made all the Kens gay, and uh, I don't even think that's true because they're all even into John Barbie. Cena. He's, he said all of the Kens were gay in the movie. Wow. I was like, you are projecting so much shit onto this movie. Gosling's whole thing is he's just obsessed with Barbie the entire time. How is yeah. that? I mean, to the point of ruining himself. Yeah, no, I don't know. He's again, literally wearing a jacket like Rocky wore yeah. in the Rocky movies. Again, his arguments are not founded in any actual reality. Mm -hmm. They're founded in the version of the movie he thought it was going to be and held on to despite all evidence to the contrary upon seeing it. Do you think he left it all and then, but he, he's hiding it? Or do you think he sat there like a little like raisin, like scrunched up, like I mean, I think he, I think like, he was. A, I don't think he can sit any other way. I think he, <laughs> I think he was a butthole raisin. I think he was, because he also complained about the two thousand one reference. He was like, women aren't even gonna get this. Like all this, <laughs> like, literally oh my anything God. you can think of. Women aren't legally like, allowed to watch Stanley Kubrick movies. Right. Like, anything you could think of, you're like, that's an opinion someone who doesn't live in the real world would have. That was his take. Yeah. Do you think he just has to sort of, like, fill the time? He's like, well, I've got to get mad uh, to, to generate the clicks. He clearly has so wait, time. So that's, not, so that's not how the real world works. That's right. It's Barbie land. Right. It's a yes. land of imagination. Not the real world. Created by And when they go to the real world, you girls. see your real world through Century City, and you see how... 
I tell you what's real is that movie made $155 million in its opening weekend to be the highest grossing opening weekend of any female director yeah. of all time. I think that's, her, I think that's her right. totals is 162. They've already crossed a billion, I think, worldwide, haven't they? Have they? I think that wouldn't surprise me. On its yeah. way. But the fact that it did, I mean, we it's all... clearly an appetite. We, we all know about the Barbenheimer situation, and I don't know how much we're going to talk about that today, but... Um, <laughs> Barbie made twice as much money as Oppenheimer did. Yep. It's still making twice as much money. Every I, day. I think if you're if you're a man whose whole existence is predicated on the dominance of men and, and that sort of thing, and like the, the the movie about a man, you know, the man who made the bomb, that movie, not not to besmirch Christopher Nolan or Oppenheimer. I mean, they're not connected. These movies are not... They're they're almost... But I think they're it's just, it kind of like sticks in the craw of, of the Ben Shapiro's of the world that, like, the, the stupid pink Barbie movie made twice as much... I mean, he's money. probably rooting for Sound of Freedom and shit right now still. That's probably... Oh, he knows. That's You're right. Well, it made a lot more money than Sound but of I'm Freedom. But I want to shift... Let's shift the convo a little bit, because yeah. we have talked about the patriarch and how butt hurt a bunch of... Very yeah. sensitive men are. I want to talk about better. fucking America Ferreira. Oh, hell yeah. I want to talk about that fucking monologue. Oh, yeah. When she talks about, like, audience, if you haven't seen it yet, well, you're, we want you to have seen it. Obviously, we're spoiling things at this point. But, like, she goes on this whole monologue about what it is to be a woman and all of the oh, it's impossible. absolute contradictions mm. that exist where you're expected to do one like one thing and you're expected to do all these things at the same time and they all contradict each other and that you you know you should be thin but you shouldn't say thin you should say healthy and how you should you know you should want to be a mother but you shouldn't talk about your kids too much and how you should do like she goes on this whole it's very long and then it continues as they start to save the kens or deprogram the other barbies in order to save barbie land and ultimately they save the kens too when they do that because mm-hmm. they save them from the from patriarchy but right. um I, first of all, I haven't seen America Ferreira for a long time. I love her, and I'm so excited. Apparently, she's got a lot of movies coming up too, so I feel like she's Good. making her rounds back, which is very exciting. She was awesome. She was amazing. Yeah, she's the heart of the movie. She is the heart of the movie. Like you think, you know, at first you think it's her daughter. It's going to be about her daughter, and then it turns out to be about her, a grown mm-hmm. woman who is still thinking about and like playing with her mm-hmm. Barbies because she's fucking lonely. Because Margot Robbie is playing her Barbie. Yeah. And she's in a like ostensibly good marriage with like a man who is learning Spanish slowly. Oh, but it doesn't seem but he's not painted out no, to be so Do you think that that guy's supposed to be Noah Baumbach, by the way? I thought about that. Like um, like this like no. the woke husband learning Spanish and trying I think I mean <laughs> I I would like to believe Noah Baumbach is a little better than that guy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he seems like, more thoughtful and aware. But he's not—he's not like abusive, and he's not like. Sure. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. The, the movie does not paint him out to be like a negative force in her Bolígrafo. life. Bolígrafo. <laughs> no, he's Bolígrafo. just sort of like blissfully unaware of everything that's going on. Yeah. Whereas America's everything. character is just like hyper painfully aware of everything that's going on. It's like the perfect dichotomy. She's like this tortured, like, yeah. person who's who has created this Barbie that's like literally breaking the mold, and he's yeah. just like, boligrapho. <laughs> he just has like no clue. And I'm like, yeah, this this feels right. This feels pretty accurate to yeah. that dynamic yep. for sure. And how she's like so dark and twisted <clears throat> that she creates dark and twisted. Right. versions of Barbie right. that like that break the mold. Yeah. But then also like her daughter ends up being kind of like. Her daughter is like 
the secret parts of her out loud. Yes. It's like she's like kind of dark and twisted, and she, oh my god, that monologue too when her daughter shreds Barbie like at school and like and to calls Barbara's her a face. fascist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know what's funny? Like I don't know if you guys thought um thought about this, but like you know Barbie like the doll itself, not like yes in the movie, but outside of the movie, the doll itself has always gotten a lot of criticism from feminists. Oh yes. Yeah. For being, right. for like encouraging, like despite all the things that it impossible was impossible body standards, impossible body standards, and like making, you know, making like setting women back, and feminists like kind of the the '60s and '70s and '80s feminists like really went ranted against Barbie, like mm -hmm. railed against it, yeah. um, and Ruth Handler like as a result like really like doesn't lean into the feminism at all. I don't, think, I don't think Ruth even considered herself a feminist, even though her own creation of Barbie in itself was like kind of a feminist action, right? But when her daughter comes in and does this rant against Barbie and how she's such a fascist, that's like the kind of argument that all of those like really like first wave feminists really yeah. threw at Barbie yeah. when Barbie was first created. And is also probably what Gen Z thinks of Barbie. <laughs> May, like maybe I don't know enough Gen Zers to like feel like I can speak I for them. <laughs> Let's find some young people. Well, you know, you, you tutor Chloe though. Do you do you do you like get a sense I mean, that they hate Barbie? We, I'll, I'll start asking when the school year starts back up. I'm gonna I'm gonna get some opinions because because I don't actually know. But like, yeah. generally speaking, it feels like Gen Z is aware of all the problematic nature of all the old popular stuff. Yeah, e yeah. but even though like Barbie now. Like modern Barbie does have like more varied Barbie types, like body types and skin color and you know cultural heritage. Like so now there is more diversity, whereas of course like in '59 there wasn't. Obviously. Right, right, right. But yeah. Do you feel like Gen Z? I wonder. I guess I wonder if Gen Z still feels like Barbie is like this impossible. Gen Z, if you're listening, please call into the program right now. <laughs> Broads, you should know at gmail.com. But I'm, I'm curious about that. But it was so funny to me, like especially I just watched it again last night because I'm first of all obsessed and second of all I knew it when I... I want to see it again too. I wanted to be able to talk about it like more specifically today. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that is the argument that the feminists had against Barbie. Is yeah. exactly that argument, is it? Is how you're ruining yeah. women's self-esteem. And I love that the, the, the Barbie movie can contain all of the pros the of Barbie, all yeah. of the cons of Barbie, all of the the man arguments, the woman argument. Right. Like it, could, it somehow manages to contain all of the sort of impossible contradictions, yeah. much yeah. like America Ferreira's whole speech of like, right. it's impossible, like this contradiction, like the movie itself is also just rife with contradictions from right. top to bottom right. and contains all of it in such a way that it somehow is perfect. Well, it's, it's, it, that's a great point and I feel like the way that they do that is by giving these individual characters like the daughter, like such strong viewpoints. Yeah. You know, it's like it's not like all of the viewpoints are necessarily contained in one character, although you do see some of them struggle going back and forth with, okay, what makes the most sense going forward? But you just have these, like, delightful little bon mots of characters. I mean, like, they all have, like, their very particular point of view, and some of those points of view feel, like, really grounded and make a lot of sense. Then, honestly, the, the daughter's uh, anti-fascist rant to Barbie, I was like, yeah, this is probably how I have felt about Barbie for, like, yeah. Most of my life is like a, just as a as a guy and a, a you know somebody who thinks about the world. I'm like, yeah, this seems reductive. Like, why are they why are they all wearing high heels? You know, like what what? Yeah. This feels like a very narrow lane 
uh, to put women in. I related to that rant. I didn't, yeah. Not specifically in relation to Barbie, but like I related to that like I, when I was listening to it, I was like, yeah, fucking fight, let's do it. Like I feel like that's what we do on this podcast all the time. Is, mm-hmm. an, you know, anti-colonialism, anti-patriarchy. Yeah. An, yeah. You know, like let's fight the fight the man. You know. Yeah, she was the most in line with the podcast for sure. But then, <laughs> but then she changes. But like she doesn't stay in this place of anger. Yeah. yeah. Like she's the one who turns the car around to go back and save right. Barbie Land and Barbie. Like she's right. the one who like pulls her mom back around the edge when she. Because she realizes that Barbie herself, like, I mean, this is my take on it, I guess, but she realizes that Barbie is an earnest character and does earnestly want these things for all women and all right. girls. And she's not just a bimbo and she's more, you know, like she's, she's yeah. all of these things, right? That she, she didn't think Barbie was when she made that rant. Yeah, right. and having some, a, a doll that allows you to envision yourself in any job, in any role, is perhaps a good thing. Like, even if it comes with downsides. Yeah. There's no male equivalent, I can tell you that much. There are no male dolls that uh, allow you to envision yourself doing uh, a variety of things. I mean, obviously, like, the world's, like, much more open to men doing a variety of things, but the stuff that you get is more geared towards, like, soldiers, Yeah. war, But to men, violence, I mean, I guess there's a general question yeah, exactly. of whether or not men really even play with dolls, though. Like, if those dolls were made, do you think that they would sell. I don't know. It's like a chicken or egg thing. Yeah. So much of this is just like enculturation, right? It's like something gets big and then it gets bigger and then all of a sudden all these kids have access to it. So you know what's like an interesting side note to this is that at at some point in Barbie's development in Mattel, the line, um, all of these male CEOs had kind of taken over after the handlers were kind of booted out. Mm -hmm. And they started designing the Barbies like in the way that they knew that boys liked things where they started adding these mechanisms <laughs> they started adding like mechanical like the barbie with the tv in the back the barbie with the boobs that grew like all of these because boys apparently like market re- research showed yeah. at the time that boys like like devices and like mechanical things, yeah, things whereas girls <laughs> were primarily interested in like brushing the hair and doing the dress-up stuff and like that was just like the research of what kids wanted right yeah. So and that and that's when like some some like women came back into like the the executive suite and were like whoa 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 we gotta stop this shit because Barbie is becoming not Barbie this right. shit is not what girls want right. you know and there's even that joke in the movie about the TV I was like nobody wants this <laughs> like the yeah. TV in the back and then when they actually show that Barbie I was like ooh <laughs> yikes <laughs> this is horrifying <laughs> some of the yeah. discontinued Barbies are like a true rogues gallery of, like, male CEO nightmare fuck-ups. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. don't make any but sense. But that actually, just like, was part of Barbie. Like, that was, like... They just seemed like they came straight out of the coke-addled 80s. Just, <laughs> yeah. just but you a, can see, like, the deviation of, like, when the people in charge were making a bunch of decisions and they were all male right. versus when you had more women involved. Yeah. They were, like... It was, like... What if the toys' tits grew? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. That is a very 80s male scene. Good idea, Alan. Let's yeah. make it. Let's, let's just Alan, make a few million of Here's your bonus. <laughs> I love it. We keep, we keep coming back to Alan. Yeah, we got to talk great, about Alan. The only name. non-Ken male character That's in right. Barbie Land. Is, no, but he's in Alan. love with Ken. Is Alan in love with Ken? Yes, because... They're just besties. They're just like... Are, are you kidding me? There's this out. shot... Okay, there's this shot, because I saw it again last night. Okay. When Ken is losing it at the end, and Alan is like weeping for him. Weeping 
for him, like he wants to be with Ken, or she's just sad? For it his felt friend? to me like the former. It felt to me like like Watch I'm again. right here, Ken. Why won't you look at me? Like I can't bear to see you in pain. I love you. It felt like I don't that. know. I mean, I mean, I don't know. His his whole thing well, in the second half of the movie, he's like trying to get away from Kens because they're driving him crazy. Well, the patriarchy yeah. Kens. Right. Yeah. 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 But it's once right. the patriarchy's broken, it's different. It's a different. Then then he can be in love with them again. I don't. Maybe I'll have to see it again. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get I that. Know. I didn't get that. And he wears that terry cloth like beach shirt like the whole movie because he only ever had one outfit when they made him. Oh really? <laughs> uh, There's all sorts of details. Can like wear that. all of Ken's clothes. Yeah. He doesn't need his own personality. We'll just give him some of Ken's leftover personality that he's not currently wearing. Oh my god. I mean, there's plenty of those guys. Yeah. Oh my god, so good. Yeah, there's room for everybody, I guess. (laughs) Sort of. Do you guys have, like, favorite moments from the movie? Like, looking back at it. Like, were there particular jokes or particular I have, My favorite line that I, that, like, keeps replaying in my head is when Margot Robbie's having her existential crisis and she's, like, face down on the ground and she goes, you're either brainwashed or you're weird and ugly and there's no middle ground. And then Weird Barbie's like, preach, sister. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 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 I feel that. Yeah. Either brainwashed or weird and ugly. I'm in my weird and ugly phase. But. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, I mean, that is, the movie gives you this um, this wide range of viewpoints to choose from. And then it doesn't really tell you where to land at the end. Yeah, it's not preachy at all. No. Other than patriarchy bad. You kind of have to figure that part out for yourself. I really like the point where um, Ken and Barbie are having their, um, their kind of heart to heart at the end. And she's like, I really did take you for granted. And he's like, thank you for saying that. And then he tries to kiss her, and she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and Mark gets back to that kiss yeah. the when he leans in. And- yeah, and then he goes right back to, like, being distraught. And I'm like, oh, man, Ken, you don't understand, dude. Like, being valued isn't the same thing as being desired. Like these are these are two totally different things and you get to watch him learn that in mm-hmm. real time like oh Barbie respects me now and is going to treat me like an equal partner in this world but that doesn't mean that she wants to be with me romantically and that to me I was like this is such a crucial moment and all the stuff with the you know Ben Shapiro's of the world and everything I'm like, this is the moment that you guys need to get. This is what you mm-hmm. need to understand. This whole manosphere conversation around like friend zoning, mm-hmm. where it's like that's like the so ultimate gross. disrespect is to get friend zoned. And I'm like, no. You, How you are guys... you disrespected if you if she wants to be your friend? Right. Yeah. That's usually a. Well, that's because women are objectified, and they want that's right. Like, yeah. That's because yeah, yeah, yeah. they view the woman as the object and right. the object that they should be able to own sexually or whatever. Right. And that's why that moment is so powerful because. You can talk about that, and you can talk about how, like, women are objectified, and you can say that to men, and they're like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, and, like, you know, they might get it or they might not, but this literally comes at it from 180 degrees separate. It's like, you, you, as a man, have to separate the idea of a woman respecting you and a woman wanting to fuck you, because those are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. You have to separate those. I was like... This and also she's probably your mind? is that the first time you kind no, of no 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 I it's been I mean it's like clear to me for a long time yeah. but it's not the kind of idea that you can easily approach in a movie and like I mean I'm just telling you what resonated with me as a man yeah. I I don't know what the most powerful thing in there for women is obviously but 
I was really clued into to Kansas Journey, and Chloe can, can tell you that walking out of that movie, I was like, <laughs> I was like really deeply affected by it. But that's really that's the crux. Chloe of it. texted me immediately. Really? <laughs> yes. And that's when I knew we had to do this movie. <laughs> yeah. I was so messed up by it, and I was like, I was like, I know exactly how some of these men are going to receive this movie, and they're going to be so wrong. And then, of course, predictably, that's what they were out there hollering about. But but that is that is what it's about it's like you you have to separate those two ideas and you have to learn that being respected is not about people's sexual attraction to you or or like your worth as a man is not about like your dick it's not about like what you can conquest yeah you know you have to like all this the problem with these guys like all this stuff is wrapped up in a little knot all these ideas are so deeply connected and when you start trying to pull the thread, it makes them nervous. Yeah. Because that upsets what their idea of manhood is, and that's why this movie pisses off so mm-hmm. many men, is because they don't want to untangle that ball. Yeah. But the movie does it so beautifully, and that's a perfect moment. And yeah. that's, I mean, that's all of these structures that we live inside, right? Yeah. These constructs. Yeah. That, you know, of, of the patriarchy of gender, like what is gender, and, and gender being a performative action, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. gender is like, it's performative for all of us. Yeah. Like, what is it that women do versus men do? Mm-hmm. And, like, are those actual things? Or, like, is that just to show that we are women and we are men or we are, you know? And that's why, you know, that's why people get so uppity about, you know, gender non-binary people mm-hmm. is that they're like, what? You can't exist between that. You mm-hmm. must exist in this or else the whole structure of my... How dare you challenge me? ...being a man is, cha- you know, like, that's yeah. what all of this... It just was so... You know, we, we talk about all this stuff, like, listeners... If you, if you still haven't seen it, like, the movie doesn't hit your head over it. It's, like, very funny. And that's what I think Mark Maron, like, really articulated really well, is, like, yeah. that all of these things are, are articulated in very simple and very funny ways. Yeah. And so you don't go in, out of it feeling like you got hit by a fucking no. club to the head, and now you've got to go, mm-hmm. like, yeah. cry about it. You're like, I'm going to see it again. Like, wow, there's a lot in this yeah. fucking movie. It's, like, a little bit more of a Trojan horse. Yeah. Although, I mean, that implies that somebody's going to take over your city. I don't know. <laughs> a pinata full of candy? It's not what you think it is. It's more enjoyable than you think it's going to be. I feel yeah. like, for me, like, I, like, so, of course, I was, like, obsessed with all of the anti-patriarchy, like, messaging, mm-hmm. because that's always my obsession. Mm-hmm. But I actually think that my favorite, man, it's like, okay, first of all, I think Margot Robbie was perfect. Mm. Yeah. And her arc of Barbie... And I've also perfectly written, like, you can't have one without the other, right? But, like... Yeah. But she was so fucking... I never knew how good she was. I, like, I've always liked her, and I've always thought she was good, but I've never seen her shine so fucking much. And, like, when she... Like is, an I, Tanya? I loved I, Tanya, But it was a different kind of character. And yeah, it was yeah, a different yeah. kind of movie. But, like, there was this intense earnestness and then vulnerability. Like, as... Her world started to fall apart, even when it was still silly, even it was when it was just like her feet becoming flat and Sally Light appearing. Mm-hmm. Like I was with her every moment. And then when she she encounters Ruth, and then at the end when she, Ruth comes back and walks into Barbie land with her. Ruth, by the way, that's Ruth Handler, the creator of Barbie. Like that's Is that really her? No, that's Rhea Perlman playing her. <laughs> Something to say. I thought it was Rhea Perlman. <laughs> but, the, but, but the character of, of Ruth Handler, right, is that that's her yeah and like the things that she says are based you know from what i've been researching so far for next week's episode like that's basically like the way that she approached it and what she believed when she created barbie and that's kind of the messaging that was built into the movie which i just fucking 
I just love that Greta was able to kind of like weave together the the truths into the fantasy yes. in, in a, in a yeah. nice way because people there was an opportunity not to do that and she did and I right. it, it it weighs more to me when it when it there's the truth to it too right but like when she, I think there's this monologue at the end where where um, she says like I just don't want things to change mm. and and Ruth says honey that's life life yeah. is change right. and I was like of course I was like fucking weeping <laughs> like and that, that whole especially actually the second time I think I cried even more than the first time and like when she's like you just have to decide times. what you like you I think there was so much to absorb in the first watching that the second watching I was able to kind of like I connected a little more deeply with the, the messaging because it, it, the, the first time it was just so much obs like observing and trying to understand everything and get every soak up every drop and so the second it's an time, assault on the senses. And like last night though, like as soon as Ruth appeared in Barbara Land, I was like, fuck. And they start talking about that. And I, I just like, I don't know that, and, and her, even her struggle, like I'm stereotypical Barbie. I'm not supposed to be the one that's the adventure Barbie. Like this is kind of the thread throughout the movie. I'm not supposed to do this. I'm not made for anything. Yeah. And like trying to figure out like, what does that mean? And like, maybe I just re like personally relate to like some of those struggles in my own life really strongly of like yeah. feeling like, well, what is it I'm supposed to be doing, and where am I supposed to be going, and am I doing the right thing, or am I doing the wrong, like wrong thing, and like what am I? Like, well, those are very universal. Struggles. I think they are too. I don't yeah. think they're just for women, but I just like for me. It's that also the was... lesson that Ken's have to learn in the movie is like, yeah, if you're just describing to the roles that have been assigned you, you yes. don't have a self identity, right? And like, if you want to, as you were saying, Zach, be desired by Barbie, you have to have a self identity. You have you can't just be everything you're told you're supposed to be and you just fit the mold yeah hair. fit the mold of literally a million other people when yeah. you're yeah. indistinguishable from each other because well, you all love the same thing and so. literally when you identify yourself as that you are living in your own kind of barbie land mm -hmm. your own form of non-reality internal barbie like who are you really you're just kind of like a shell right you're right. Of, of things that you like to do or, or whatever right um right and it's not to imply that people you know I don't want to say that like people who like horses and cars aren't real people. It, but it's like if you use that as your identity instead of like really truly like yeah. asking yourself who am I? Right, and and defining really... defining yourself not just in relation to other people. Yeah. Not just in relation to people that you desire. Not just in relation to um, somebody that you want something specific out of. Yes. And then defining yourself by what you get out of that person or what you get out of that relationship. It's like. You exist in a much larger community than that. Yes. And I think when the Kens kind of like band together, you know, they're like, ah, there's strength in all of us working together. And it's like, you guys are so close. Just get a little <laughs> bit bigger with it. You mean now, when they were building the brick up to the up, up instead of oh left and right? God, yeah. <laughs> we gotta get out of here before they start learning how to build that wall sideways <laughs> instead of just straight up in town. <laughs> It's so funny. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. it's that you have to be able to define yourself not just in relation to what you want out of a person, but yeah. in so many other directions. And that's like work. I mean, I think we were just talking about this before we started recording about like it's work. I know I've been doing on myself of like, what are the things that I want, and how do I yeah make decisions about what I want and stick to them, and yeah. not let myself be like push down other pathways that aren't where right. I want to be, mm -hmm. right? And they're scary questions, because it's scary to look within. Because then you might think, uh-oh, if I decide that I want something different than what I've been doing, then did I waste my time? 
Well, there's did all I, sorts of questions, did right? Did I screw this up? You know, and like that's another but thing. Not if you this. learned anything along the way. Right. <laughs> but that's another thing about this movie that's just going to piss people off in general. Is like if you don't want to think about who you are, if you really just if that freaks you out, then. I mean, still see Barbie, but understand you're going to have a different kind of experience with it. <laughs> and, but if it does freak you out, and if, like, parts of it, like, if you watch it and you find yourself, like, slightly disturbed by some of the jokes, it's, like, a really amazing opportunity to, like, ask yourself, why did that disturb me? Right. Like, what, like, and I think this is true in real life. It's, like, when you feel upset, Ben Shapiro, like, why is it that you're upset? Like, deeply inside of you, what is it that is feeling... I know that Ben Shapiro's going to listen to this podcast, so I'm trying to speak directly <laughs> to him. Because he's an but angry he, little raisin. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. But like, but he's a little I scrunched think, up raisin man. That's something that I've been trying to learn in my own life, is like, when I'm upset about something, like, why is it that I'm upset? Because there's usually mm. a whole lot of wisdom that I can gain in the exploration of that, even though it feels really hard to do. Yeah. Like it feels, and sometimes it's like painful. Right. And usually I'm like crying when I'm doing that kind of like right. self work. But like, it's like, God, Barbie is just like. But Barbie makes it pleasant to do that. Barbie, Barbie is, is just, all of that wrapped up in a much more fun wrapper. It is, it's so fun. It's like, it's instantly one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, it's like up on the shelf next to Wonder Woman and Hunger Games for me now. Like. Mm. I know, you laugh at Chloe. Yeah, yeah. You know I love the Hunger Games. I do, I do. <laughs> Someday I'll do a podcast about that, about Katniss and Team PETA. The first one? Team PETA. God, PETA sucks. I knew you were a Gale fan. I fucking I, who, knew I didn't know who that is. I just hate that PETA character. <laughs> I saw that movie one time and forgot 90% of it immediately. Do you know why you might hate PETA? Because uh, he's like the opposite of everything that we, like, we were just talking about. He's like... Even Katniss had like a flip. Anyway, this is a separate podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. I don't know. We, I don't know if my hatred Uh, is that worth exploring. (laughs) But Barbie, it's like an instant classic for me in terms of like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think everyone should watch it. I think guys should watch it. No notes. Um, my friend Andrew came last night. He gets a gold star for going. He's the only one in our group of gym friends that has gone. All the other guys are like, I don't think it's for me. And I'm like, "Mm, maybe maybe one one of them going might make it. Or here's a thought: you should watch stuff that isn't for you. It's true, because I Even watch a lot of movies that free. aren't for me. Watch it. Go see what's happening yeah. on the other there's side. A, the there's place. a cultural phenomenon happening, sweeping the nation. Yeah. Because guess what? I've seen all the Fast and Furious movies. Right. And I've seen all the Mission Impossible movies. Right. Well, I think I've seen Maybe I skipped one. Are those not for you? Are those not your thing? I enjoy them in my own right. Yeah. But, like, they're not my instant classic right, right, go-to, right. like, when I have a sick day, what do I watch to make me feel better movies? Mm-hmm. Like, the comfort, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. We all are this way, right? We all are like, yeah, 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 yeah. Movies for sure. Yep. Yeah. But Barbie's like, no, like almost number one. I feel like for me, it is an instant classic, uh, deeply affecting, but also light fare if you want it to be. Yeah. That's what I think is so cool about it is the duality of the experiences. You can go and you can cry and you can have all these, all these feelings and thoughts, or you can just go and watch like a fun movie. And just laugh and have fun. Has some light takes. Yeah, I suppose it would be possible to walk out and learn nothing and just have had a good time. You totally can. I mean, it's like, you don't have to take it super personally. <laughs> you know, you can just be like, yeah, good point, and I had a nice afternoon. Bye! You know, like, yeah. it's, it's you're going to get out of it whatever you want to get out of it. That's true. You could Ben Shapiro it. You could sit there with a tight butthole and just hate it. Right. Or you can just kind of, like, let yourself laugh. And, and be yeah. Where there there are a lot of movies where it's like there's only one thing to get out of this, 
and it's what the filmmaker wants me to get out of it. And if I don't want to get that out of it, I'm not going to have a good experience. Mm -hmm. That this is so much more broad. Like when he talks about how the, when Marin talks about how the movie is broad based, that's yeah. the genius of it. It's yeah. Like, it's it's so it's such candy in so many ways. It's so accessible. It's so easy to understand. Yep. Um, and, and that's hard to write that way. It's so. It's hard. hard to write that way and not just be like pure satire. Yes. So like a the lot of the tone of it is yeah. like this absolute balancing act and magic trick. I really think it's one of the smartest movies I've ever so seen. So fucking smart. Yep. Yeah. Well, we've been talking a long time. I want to wrap the episode by talking about who, like, which Barbie we are <laughs> individually. Yeah. And you can say Ken if you'd like to say Ken, or you can choose a Barbie. That can you I sing the song? Are. Can I sing the Ken song? Actually, yes. You can <laughs> sing I'm just Ken. Anywhere else I'd be a 10 Is it my destiny <laughs> to live and die A life of blonde fragility Can we just say that they were going to say male fragility And then somebody looked up and they said, no, 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 no. Did too, you read that somewhere or are you just guessing? I'm just guessing too I can just see it in the room And Greta was like, male fragility And the, whoever was doing the music was like, no um, I think it's too spicy too yeah. spicy for middle America. Mattel was like, mm, yeah. yeah, that was a Mattel note. <laughs> Mattel did have their notes. They had their fingers in the pie. I yeah. mean, they flew people out to set to like try to fight Greta on certain things. But... I'm just imagining real life Will Ferrell being like, can we just tone it down just like a little bit? And her being like, no. <laughs> that's, that's mostly what happened. I bet, yeah. So are you just saying that you're Ken? That, I, if you I identified so much with Ken. So so much with Ken, like especially if you if you fall into the trap of defining the success of your manhood by how much female attention you get. Yes, every man I think has experienced that or has experienced like the pull, the pull of that. And gone like, to war on the beach for it. Yeah, and maybe you've gone to war <laughs> on the beach, and maybe you found yourself in a fight that you didn't need to be in against your brothers. You know, for Whoa. no good reason. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and just the 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 idea of patriarchy as like not like a sin that is like original sin that you're born into as a man, although that's a viewpoint for sure. But it's like it is this infection, it is mm -hmm. this poison that gets pumped into you from like minute one of your existence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and watching men, Ken in this case. He starts off and he's totally unaware of all of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is a journey. That is like the man's yeah. journey. Is you're born into this world and they're like, these are the things that are important. And nobody sits you down and explains to you that there's like eight other, 800 billion other levels to, to what's going on. And watch him, watching him go through that and watching him like really earnestly go through it and Gosselin's performance is perfect because he's like playing a doll but he's also playing like a real guy as a doll and watching him like really wrestle with that and really struggle and experience real pain I was like yeah that's what it's like that's a hundred percent what it's actually like and yes I cried for the cans at the end I totally did because I was like oh man of course that's what happened to you guys you got into horses and that was a backdoor for the patriarchy and now you're ruining it <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite lines was that uh... The truth is, when I realized patriarchy wasn't all about horses, yeah. I lost interest. Yes. I was like, how could you listen to that line and think this movie hates men? I've never seen the the problems with men treated so incredibly gently yeah. in my life, to be honest. I felt really 
cared for by that movie. Oh, God, I love you, Zach. Yeah, I felt that. I really, <laughs> really did. And that is a unique experience in, okay. in movie watching today for me, I have to say. Okay, Chloe, what Barbie are you? Uh, I, I'm weird Barbie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for sure I'm weird Barbie. Yeah. Why are you weird Barbie? Um, I just got played with too hard, you know. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I think you're the writer Barbie. Is there a writer Barbie? Yeah, I was gonna say the like writer Barbie win a Nobel Prize. Oh yeah, there, there is a writer Barbie. Doesn't she win a Nobel Prize for her book? Yes, that does happen, and she like. So when she snaps out of it, she's like, oh, yeah, I earned this. Well, after they wake her up. <laughs> I, feel like, I actually feel like that's you. That's probably accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like Weird Barbie all the time. That's just mm. just on the outskirts of, like, I'm not accepted by the Kens. I'm not really accepted by the Barbies. I'm just kind of there. I'm over there. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, she can hang out sometimes. But, like, she's Weird Barbie. She, like, has more wisdom than most people, and she comes in, and she shakes our world, and fuck her. Get back to your stupid weird house, you weirdo. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's maybe just me projecting. I don't think you're as weird as you think you are. That's, I hope as that's your true. friend. Thank you. Thank and you. And I don't feel like... I think you're twice as weird as you think you are. <laughs> <laughs> but in the best way. I mean, I'm trying to just lean into it, you know? <laughs> Just do my makeup all fucked up. Yeah! Just, just like, here we go! Freak them out! Like, lately your makeup's been, like, way better than mine ever is, so <laughs> I don't know, Chloe. I don't know. Uh, well, thanks. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? Well, I did a little poll on my social media channels, and I had a, a number of people tell me I was weird Barbie, too. That's which funny. I found kind of unexpected. So yeah. Like, really? Like, I don't really have the splits anymore. I used to. I just, I'm surprised that there's no CrossFit Barbie because that's absolutely who you are. You did tell me I would be the yeah. PR Barbie. I PR did have Barbie. someone else say CrossFit Barbie. Yeah. Or, um. Politics what Barbie. What is it? Oh, yeah. What did my sister in law bless. Elizabeth Warren Stan Barbie. Bless her heart. My sister in law said I'd be badass feminist CrossFit activist Barbie. Okay. Wow. Except here's the so thing is that there's no multi hyphenate Barbies. So, like. Mm. That doesn't exist in Barbie. Writer, producer, director, you know I mean? actor, yeah. Barbie. But that doesn't in Barbie in like the Barbie lineup. There like is not a multi-hyphenated Barbie, which makes me feel like maybe I am stereotypical Barbie because I don't belong in one. Mm. But not because I'm, you know. I don't know. What's the like opposite of stereotypical? I don't know. Does stereotypical have an opposite? I don't know. Surprising unique. Surprising. <laughs> Holy original Barbie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Post Barbie Barbie. No, like, I'd like to no think I'd be like President Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. President Barbie. But I don't think I'll actually ever be president. I mean, not that's if you not aspire really, to that's it. That's not really a pathway. Maybe There's no pathway to presidency is, for me. Yeah. <laughs> you can be whatever Barbie you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I want to be weird Barbie. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, Weird Barbie saved the movie. Like, yeah. she saved the fucking movie. Kate That's McKinnon yep. saved it. Actually, I actually think Kate McKinnon could have been a little weirder. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. They were probably toning her down. They might have. That was a Mattel. Because movie. she's weird. I bet there's some, some, is weird, right? I bet there's some fun outtakes on the Blu-ray, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing her like like uh, Michael Keaton in the first Batman movie where he sleeps upside down hanging from a pole. Yeah. Like, he takes the Batman thing that far. I'm like, I bet they had stuff like that for weird parties. 
But she's like, here's the collection of markers that I plunge into my eye socket. Yeah. Do you think reason I think like hanging by her hair somewhere? I think the only reason I think that is because they had all those. They had a couple different like cutscenes where like suddenly she appears in front of. Stereotypical Barbie, and stereotypical Barbie is like, oh! and she's like terrified for a moment, and like I feel like, oh, but she didn't look actually. I guess, I guess in comparison to stereotypical Barbie, that was it, right? Well, I think like you she, also compared to the Barbies that are put together, she looks like a mess. You also know how beautifully weird Kate McKinnon can be. Yeah, that's I mean, true. She is, she is our goddess of beautifully weird. Yeah. Nobody, nobody is as beautiful and weird as Kate McKinnon. So you know that <laughs> even as weird Barbie, it's like. There's a lot more room to run here, but this mm -hmm. movie's got other stuff to mm -hmm. get done. We can't. It's true. I, I mean, you can make a whole movie with just Kate McKinnon, Weird Barbie. Maybe they will. Well, they were saying <laughs> that it wasn't intended to be a franchise. I don't think. But no, now it's this, this guy. This is going to be a, It's a billion dollar movie, or very soon a billion dollar movie, with no sequel in the works whatsoever. And part of that is the strikes, but part of that is people have already been talking sequels to Greta, and she's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, not. <laughs> I'm gonna paraphrase me. her a little bit. She's just like, ah, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's not really. I very intentionally had it end in a way that, that does not easily set up. Dude, Greta sequel. has so much other shit to do. She is a great storyteller. Oh, yeah. Genius. And I, I like, can't, can't wait I can't for her wait. fourth movie. I can't wait. Yeah. Whatever it is, or I guess technically fifth movie because her first one doesn't really exist. But because yeah. Lady Bird, Little Women. And this, and but this. there was one before but Lady Bird. She's done other stuff too, there, though. She's she? been in other things and like written on things, but like actually, like I am the director. This is her third major release movie. That is stunning. Yeah. Do yeah. you think about it? That's absolutely. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah, she's batting she, a thousand right now. She's yeah. broken a bazillion records yeah. just by making such a successful movie. Yeah. She's the heart of it. Yep, for sure. Her and Margot, I think, like you can tell. That there was like really great collaboration. They'll probably work together again. They could be like the new uh, uh, Scorsese and DiCaprio or something. Like I hope they work together. On I'm everything. ready for that. I I will have my tickets opening night. Yeah. Well, y'all, we're gonna wrap it up. It's been too long, too long of an episode already. But thanks for sticking with us. If you haven't seen it, go see it. If you have seen it, go see it again. Like let's keep pumping up the box office. Let's make this. Hugely successful and push Greta's career like into the stratosphere. I'm gonna get a bunch of my hardcore jujitsu bros together and take them to see the Barbie movie. And then are you gonna buy yeah. them Knuff shirts? I am Knuff. Um, I'm gonna make sure that they know that they are Knuff. We all are Knuff. Perfect. We all are Knuff. Yeah, we are. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here, Chloe and Zach. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Love it. Every and time. And we'll see you next week to talk about Ruth Handler and the story of Barbie. Woo! Woo! Hey listeners, thanks for joining us for this Barbie Roundtable. To learn more about Zach and Chloe and me, head on over to broadsyoushouldknow.com and on the about page you can read all about us, our photos, our links to all of our cool stuff, all right there. Are you following Broads You Should Know yet? We're on Facebook and Instagram at Broads You Should Know and Twitter at BYSK Podcast. To suggest a broad, fill out the form on our website or email us at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. If you are a fan of this podcast, please help spread the word about us. Share an episode with your friends and family, or better yet, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really actually does help us to find new listeners. Broads You Should Know is produced by me, Sarah Gorski, and edited by Chloe Skye, with original music by Darren Callahan. 
finally, if you really enjoyed hearing our feedback on the Barbie movie, then I highly recommend that you check out some of our other Broadly Speaking episodes. We have a number of them every time we have a pop culture, especially feminist phenomenon. Um, so check it out. And we will see you next week for our episode on Ruth Handler, the creator of Barbie and another Broad You Should Know.